I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everybody and welcome to the Celtic Now and for our podcast. My name is Ryan Clifford. This week we're joined by three guests of the panel. Um, joining again is William Glavin, Robert Boyle and John Clifford. William, you're back on again the last time. Again, we got a good response. Um, we really enjoyed the chat. How's things? Yeah, great, Ryan. Great. How about yourselves? Yeah, I'm not bad, mate. Again, it's kind of a wee bit of mere positivity as the kind of days go on. Um, again, Robert, how's things? All good, Ryan. Thanks. Yourself? Yeah, again, mate. Again, it's just good to get his back on, and I think it's a mere positive uh, podcast, John. Again, I hope it's all positive going forward, Ryan. Um, again, obviously the cup game uh, we just beat Falkirk. I know it was kind of we all said before last week it was a, a bit of a damn squib. It was going to be a kind of as we say three four nothing, but I think the kind of touching point is obviously. As we're through the next round, and obviously Rangers, so it was a wee bit of motivation again to kind of continue the run in the cup. But um, I just think for me, obviously, again, the start lineup, there was not a lot of changes. Um, but with Griffiths starting, I'll just start with that, William, again. I don't know what your opinion is with Griffiths, but again, he done he done okay, but didn't look very sharp. Um, could have scored two or three goals, we could have up four enough in the first half. But for me, I think it's got to a lot of him to be here next season. I think you're right. Um... I think he'd be disappointed in himself a little bit with the performance because he had a few chances and normally he'd put them away pretty easily. Um, I think Celtic are very, well, not clinical at the minute just now and that's been sort of present over the whole, over the whole season. One thing I was quite surprised about because it was no disrespect to Falkirk either, but I thought he would have maybe went with two up front at the game on, on Saturday night. Maybe gave Alban Alieti a chance and I think that, that's another player that needs a bit of confidence just now and he, he doesn't have it at the minute and maybe getting a couple of goals or a goal on Saturday would have helped him. But yeah, I think with Lee Griffiths, it could be the end of the road for him in terms of his self-career and you can tell with the sort of body language as well from him that he, he knew he didn't play well on Saturday. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of really agree with you. I've been, me and Robert have spoken about him why, like, why like, he should have been a, in the team more because he is Probably would be his left foot. He is probably the best friend for Scotland. Um, but I think now you've got to kind of categorise that and categorise into his fitness. And obviously, as much as I know he's had mental health issues, but there's only so much you can maybe give that. And I think now, I think fans are maybe getting past that now. We need to just concentrate. And obviously, the football side, Robert, and I think, again, if we'll speak about if it is going to be Eddie Howe later on in the podcast, but if Eddie Howe does come in, he might only get one chance for Eddie Howe. He might not get a chance, just like Rodgers come in with Commons and basically say, Commons, I'm not going to say you're out my team, but it's going to give you a long time for you to get in my team. And I think 
that could be the same situation with Griffiths, Robert. He's gave us um, a lot of good years and he's been a good player. But as you say, Ryan, how long do we keep feeling sorry for him and trying to plod along with him? Because he's eighteen and a half grand a week. I we all get he's had mental health issues and we have to support him. But I feel the club and the supporters have backed him in that sense. And I think he's let us down. So I would say now to the end of the season, he really needs to knuckle down and prove his worth. Because if it's Eddie Howe and he doesn't come into the end of the season, he'll be watching for far afield. And I feel he literally is on his very, very last chance. On. And it's probably just hanging by a thread as it is because you could see he looked a bit silting on Saturday after he missed a few chances, which he would normally score. You know what I mean? But is it because he's lack of fitness? Is it because he's mental health? We don't know. But he, he just seems to get going a wee bit and then falling back. It's like one step forward, two backs, the way he's been all season. And I know, obviously, he has got mental health issues, but to turn up the pre-season unfit is quite a disaster. If you ask me in Celtic's most important season in history, to be honest. But I think, John, that set the tone for the season when the manager allowed it. Aye, uh, first and foremost, you've got to earn the right to wear that jersey. And I don't think he's doing enough when he plays. You know, when he comes on as a sub, maybe with 10 or 15 minutes to go, he can make a chance he sell 25, 30 yards out, have a shot. He's always going to get one or two chances. But I just feel as if he's no earning it at the moment. It's probably He's probably more frustrated than anybody. Um, his personal issues maybe have a lot to do with it. when young Sam was on me as well he says whatever happens to you off the park can affect you on the park people don't realise that so he might have a lot going on in his life but he's not earning a jersey as far as I'm concerned because normally as as you all says here normally when Griffiths plays at his best some of the chances he missed um, maybe score because I think William Celtic had 42 shots on Saturday. Um, and I think since John Kendi came in, we've had like 90-odd shots or 100 shots within four or five games or so. So the creating chances isn't the problem, but there's obviously, as much as Edouard's got 20-odd goals, uh, yet he's punished in Griffiths at some, they could have scored a lot more. Um, again, the management can only do so much when it comes to the training field, in my opinion, because I played up front, and no matter what you done at training, it's up to you in the park, it's not down to your coaches, it's down to you to be to basically put the work in, he scored the chances. And again, I think it proves with Griffiths, it shows he's no match fit. And I think like Griffiths would have scored some of the chances. Uh, yeah, and I would agree with that. And I would probably touch on what John said there about, you know, I think I spoke about this in the last podcast. Things have got to be right on the park as well as off the park. And I don't know, maybe, maybe there's still a lot of things going on with Lee that we don't understand. And we've got to give him maybe the benefit of the doubt there, but he's clearly not performing to the level that he should be performing at. And as you said, there was there was chances in you could actually see it in him that he was getting really frustrated. And he probably said to himself, he should be burying these into the back of the net. But as you said, there was also there was chances from a lot of players on Saturday as well. Um, and we had an incredible amount of shots and goals. We should have scored a far lot more, especially in the first half. Um, but I suppose you can take a, a sort of positive from it is that we are getting chances, but it's just a matter of trying to put them away. So I think that, um, what William saying, I think spot on. Um, I think that we are creating the chances, so that's not the problem. And I think defensively, we've been a bit more solid. 
um, with Welsh and Ayer. I know you're playing Falkirk, but they didn't really trouble sales at all, don't you, as a shot? Um, so, again, the defensive sides maybe get a bit better. Um, again, I thought Laxalt played well, I know you're playing Falkirk, but since I think Kennedy's come in, he's got a bit better than when they first came in with Lennon. The first two games, I thought it would be brilliant against, uh, was, I think, the Lille. He was superb. Um, then again, he's regressed. I think he's starting to get back to maybe the level he was at. I've seen my dad, Robert. The guy was in, he played the Uruguay, it was at the Euros of the World Cup. He was in the team of the year. Milan signed for a good bit of money. So Milan don't spend £16 million, whatever it is, and most of the time own duds. Um, so for me, I, I would, if we could get Lacks out, would I sign him? It would all depend on the transfer fee. But I think the guy's got something. And I think maybe, as we spoke before we came on, a better manager could get the best of these players. You've seen with Rodgers that players um, I lacked out when he first came in and I thought breath of fresh air but again some of these players playing around and other players that aren't playing well can digress your own game you know what I mean it's like he's come in with this full of enthusiasm and full of hunger and desire and that but the players were a bit more the point of the standard he was playing it so it was only natural that he was going to play bad when they play bad because you can't do it all on your own. Football is about 11 players playing as a unit, playing as a team. Um, and Griffiths, for me, just, he really needs to get this, the stuff off the park right before he can get stuff on the park right. Whether it be, he might need to go to another club for that to happen, to get took out the Goldfish Bowl or Glasgow in the surrounding areas. I don't know, that could be issues, you know what I mean? Being around about certain places and certain people. We don't know. Um, but I we played full cup. We had 42 shots, but I feel we're not composed in front of goal. I feel everything's just snapping it. You look at Christie, right? I think last season he had, what, 20 goals and 18 assists. This season he's probably having 12, 15 shots a game, but he's no composed with it. He's snapping at everything. Everything that comes out, he's just whirling it. He's no being composed and trying to find the top corner. Everything's smashing with pure power and that wasn't the Griffiths or uh, the Christie of last season but again he's not playing in his right position he's playing out in the right coming in on his left foot which doesn't suit him when he played in the hole that's where he got all his assists and all his goals but I just feel the full team's been disjointed this season and it's alright having loads of shots at goal but if you've got five shots at goal and five composed shots at goal you have more chance of scoring than 40 shots at goal on the composed I just feel it's all right having shots at goal, but if you're just snapping at them and hitting them wayward and that, it's, it's a bit pointless. There just needs to be that bit more composure in front of goal, and I think that's what we've lacked this season, and the width as well. But aye, we played against Falkirk. We looked good, played two-touch football, but for me, you can't really judge that as being progressive, you know what I mean? Because I think Falkirk had made something like eight changes because they've got a big game coming up. That they're more interested in in their league as well, and they kind of just sat in, didn't they, really? And let us knock the ball about and kind of try to harry us. I think, John, it's I, I don't agree with Robert, it's the same in the Rangers game, the United game. Well, defensively, we're kind of we're kind of we're no solid, but we're not as bad as we were under Lennon. We're definitely it's, it's a wee bit better, but going forward, we need to be more clinical, and as Robert says, composure. Um, against Rangers, if Edwards fully, if Edwards. Fully, fully Edward, he scores. You're probably going to win the game 2 3 1. 
Um, United game, chance after chance. Again, yes, uh, Saturday's game could have been 10. Again, I know you've won the game, you should be happy with the game, but it's frustrating when you know that there could be a, a lot more to bring with the team. Uh, you're looking for more quality, aren't you, rather than quantity, but he's, he's, he's accommodating players as well that are only playing in their natural position. And I, I played the same as yourself. See, when you're playing at a position, it's horrible, isn't it? It's horrible. Maybe on a position you're not accustomed to. Christie's getting moved about. Ayers get moved about. Elanushi's get moved about. It's very difficult. Um, but as I say, just echo what Robert said, you've got to have more patience and quality in front of goal. Because I think as well, William, um, I thought, I know, again, it's Falkirk, but I thought James Forrest looked a bit sharp. Um, you can see, you can see, as I was, I've been a big kind of critic him def- defensive-wise. I don't think he does enough, but he starts, I've always said, now he starts back, tell me I'm talking absolute baloney because he starts a brilliant and I think we've definitely missed him. You can see he's a natural winner. He gets the ball, he's taking guys on, he's quick, he's sharp. And again, he's only a few weeks match fit. So if that's him, yeah. he, he is, he's not a new signing, but this season it's like a new signing because we've missed him that much. We've missed him massively, I think, this year. And I think you can see that from the way that Neil Lennon tried to change the system of play, going back to the back three and... I, I actually believe Laxal was signed as a, as a wing-back because I think that's probably more his natural position. Um, and when he's been playing sort of left-back in a back four, he tends to get found out a little bit, you know, overcommitting, not getting back in time. But I think that's really been created because we've had no width whatsoever because we've missed James Forrest. Now, yeah, I, I agree we're playing against Falker. As Robert rightly said, the rest of a lot of their key players because they've got a big game in the league coming up there, they're chasing promotion. But I think to see James Forrest coming back, getting a goal, looking sharp, was great, um, and I hope that he really kicks on between now and the end of the season, and he'll come back all guns blazing um, from next year. So I think, uh, Robert, I think he's going to be a big player coming up the end of the season. Obviously, you've still got, you've still got something to play for the Scottish Cup, and obviously finish the league strongly, because, as he's mentioned, if it is an Eddie House, probably a manager, whoever it is, we're going to be looking far afield. What I liked, Ryan was, we were playing against a combat team, but James Forrest gave us that natural width. It stretched the game. It opened up the spaces. And what I liked about it is we played two-touch football. I know it was only full cut. But Forrest was drifting in, and then Kenny had... Forrest was taking the wing back inside, and Kenny was coming down the right-hand side. We've not had that all season. You know what I mean? Well, you've had two kind of coming down the one line, and you've either had Fringpong in there or Forrest in there between, between them injured. And no, see that having two natural, a wing-back and a winger to stretch the game. Because you know in these compact games that you need that natural width because that's where you'll get all your joy. And I just liked how Forrest was drifting in and letting Kenny go down the right-hand side. Or Forrest was going down the right-hand side and just giving you that natural width it with lack. I think a game like that could have been hard if you didn't have natural width. I think it could have been compact and in the middle of the park again and it might have suited Falkirk but because James Forrest gave us that natural width it made it more difficult for them to defend because they're then dragging players out wide don't know if he's coming inside and they know he's one-on-one he'll beat most players so it was good to have him back he scored a goal aye. it just gives us more options that we've needed we've lacked options all season and I just like the fact that he's in there and gives us that option because 
I don't feel we've had natural word the full season. It's something we've spoken about in it for a long time, but we've, we've not had it. Um, we spoke about it wrong in the last time that he was out injured and we didn't sing a winger, um, which I thought was absolutely criminal. Um, and obviously, John, as Robert says, considering how we've been this season, we've been on and off, hot and cold. A game like that could have been a struggle, one nothing last-minute goal. It could have been a, a very hard game for us. And so you've got to be a bit respectful to the players. They've done their job and they came out singing. Aye, it's, it's always a bit anxious to get the first one against the teams for the lower leagues. But 42, 43 shots in goal, that, that's absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? That, that's, that's phenomenal, the amount of chances he created. But just more quality, that's all. More quality. I think it's something we've lacked all year, and I think we've spoken about it. I, I, a lot of fans have spoken about it, that it is a quality it's doing because we know... We know what these players can do. And obviously, we mentioned Elanusi. Again, what a goal for me. A, a top, top manager, if it is, Eddie Howe comes in, I think it's the best at this guy if we can get up him. Because I think he's definitely, he's definitely got the attributes to be a top player. Because, again, he'd done it for Basel. So, Hampton signed it for decent money. So, they must have seen something in him. Um, he plays with Norway, basically, most weeks in and out. So, he's no a bad player. I think his stats this year back him up to say that he's done well this year, even though he's no played every game. Yeah, he, he's definitely a player that's has got the talent to succeed at Celtic. I, I don't have any question about that. Um, he was actually a player that we actually looked at when he was at Molder, I believe he was in Norway, before he went to Basel. Yeah, um, yeah, um, qualifiers so, under Dyla. That's Europe right, Aye, he did. He did. Um, when, when I was working in the agency at the time, we used to try and identify players from sort of Scandinavian leagues and other leagues sort of um, in Europe. And he was one that always flagged up because of his stats. And he used to always flag up and he was one of the top performers in Norway at the time. And obviously that's why he, he got his move to Basel. But in terms of in terms of his ability, you saw that when he came on and took his goal. You know, there is a player there. I think that whoever comes in, whether it's Eddie or, or another another manager comes in, they need to get the best out of these players that are there. Um, I think this is a player we should really be trying to go and get him on a permanent deal because I think he would be critical for us. Um, just to have that bit of creativity in the midfield because he can create so much he can also can score goals as well but yeah we need someone who is definitely going to get the best of these players and I'm pretty sure if it was Eddie Howe he would no doubt get the best of uh, I think that's something I agree with you mate um, I think he starts as you mentioned the stats he starts a brown this year 16 goals or so and he's again what is he as a winger as a 10 again that's yeah. obviously down to the manager to decide that but See, we are talking about obviously when you are scouting for like Scandinavian stuff. See, yeah. is that very common now that players are? I know Brentford do it, but was that even in your canal when you were doing it? Did you say the stats a big thing when scouting a player? Yeah, um, basically, most of the top clubs now in, in England and Celtic do it as well. They've got these analysts and they basically just number crunch all the data. Um, it'll be things like, you know, how many shots in goal and the percentage of that per game and working out averages and I remember you know, he was really, really high up the list in Europe at one point um, before they went to, to Basel and he was one that a lot of clubs were looking at. But yeah, data analysis is massive in the game now. You basically just get guys that just sit there and number crunch all the players in every league in Europe um, and then they'll put out you a list and then they'll send scouts to go and watch them based on the analyst report. Um, so that's something that's really became prominent in the modern day game. I think, well, but I think I know Brentford did that recently and um, they've done it with Tony. Yeah. They've done it with a guy Mopey and I think Watkins as well. Was he Brentford as well, Watkins? So yeah, yeah, obviously, as William says, well, but that must be 
some sort of decent strategy because Brentford have kind of good good transfer fees with it and good players with it. So again, obviously if it is Eddie Howe, he will obviously have his his backroom team. And again, you like to think the standard of quality he's going to bring in backroom staff would be Premier League quality because that's what he's came for. Brentford seem to have a similar model to Celtic. Buy cheap, sell big. Obviously, down there, it's easier because they reckon the championship in England is a great level and they're bringing these guys in. Um, I think the boy, is it Ollie Watkins? or mm-hmm. Was it him that scored for England last week? Mm-hmm. He says that five years ago he was playing in non-league in England. So, to me, it tells you there's talent everywhere. Um, they seem to do it quite on a good basis. Brentford, I've noticed, as you say, that they have got a lot of good players in. Cheap weight and sell them on for a high price. Um, they seem to be a bit more successful than Celtic seem to be. Now, I think we had that good model under John Park, but now it's very few and far between that we're doing that way. Yeah. Um, but I reckon that a good scout is worth his weight in gold, and I don't think we've had that for John Park. I feel that side of maybe Eddie Howe, if it is, brings in a chief scout with him, then that we could obviously identify these players sooner or get the deals done sooner before somebody else nips in and steals them out because I feel we've been sleeping at the wheel when it comes to transfers recently and in the papers and stuff we're four and five and six weeks identified a player and it's in the papers all that long and then somebody either nips in and steals them or we can't afford them because the guy scored an R7 goals between then and the time we identified them so I think whoever it may be in the summer Identify the players quickly, get them in quickly, get them settled quickly because time doesn't stand still for nobody. And I think that side of Celtic needs to change dramatically. Aye, 100%, mate. I think we've, we've spoken about it again on this before that, that again, it'll probably be torn again in the, in the summer if we don't get it right. So the qualifiers, and I just think, as you say, we've got to get it done quick. And I think maybe that's one reason why. The guys come in, and if it is Eddie Howe, he might not get announced fully as a manager until obviously the summer, but he might be announced he's coming in. But um, as you say, Robert, John, you've said it before, talent everywhere. Um, for me, one of the things that kind of highlights there is obviously Gary Hooper. He came through, was it Graves? Graves Athletic, I think, which was think they were non-league of really, but then, and he came up to Scunthorpe, Celtic, Norwich, so it's, it's Jamie Vardy. So as there's talent everywhere, John, and I agree with Robert that you can get these wee guys, if it is even in the Championship in Scotland, like maybe Kevin Nisbet, who for me, I want to sign on, but I'm just saying if that's maybe, it just shows that these guys are everywhere and you can get them on the cheap to sell them on. Absolutely. I'm a big believer in the Scandinavian market. Um, these guys want to better themselves and have a good career, make more money. They can't do that in their own countries. They've got to get a move abroad. Um, they're always fat quick, strong, dedicated. I think that's a market that's it's really opened up now, like some Milan buying that boy for a million, wasn't it? Yeah, that's Four million, uh, yeah. Two? Four. Did you say two, Robert? Four. 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 Even that, that's a, that's Aye, a that's, sniff, it's still it? a steal. That's what I've said. There's talent everywhere. There's players playing Saturday morning football could come play senior football. No seen the championship, maybe League One. Easy. Been there myself. Played with boys on a Saturday morning. A week later, they're playing the first division. 
talent everywhere. Different levels, but talent everywhere. I think it's I think it's what William says. Obviously, it's just kind of leaving. He was scouting the stats and stuff. We've meanwhile spoke about it again that I think the Scandinavian bit is a market where you can get these players. Obviously, Dyla came for him. He bought Johansson, who I think he was only a few million. Again, his first season, he was outstanding. I know he faded near the end of his career, but that's the kind of guys that he brought in. And I know they, they send guys like Engelbert, stuff like that. You're obviously going to get the odd ones that are going to, going to work out. But I think in the main, eh, Wogan, I think these... These kind of guys, as as John says, they're, they're willing to come here and learn and better themselves. And I think even Ellen Russi is maybe a guy who came from the mould and he's went to Basel, Southampton. So that's that is a, a guy who you can kind of say he's done it and that's his it's kind of proof in the pudding. Yeah, I think it is. Well, we, we've obviously done it with Christopher Ayer. And before Christopher Ayer signed for Celtic, he was a sort of like next big name coming out of Norway, along with the, the boy Martin Odegaard, who went to Real Madrid. But um we obviously tapped into that then, and it's kind of like, why do we not keep tapping into that, you know, with the sort of young talent coming through Scandinavia? And Scandinavia was a market I'd always looked at because I felt as if you could get really good talent there. Um, and it used to be quite simple to try and bring them over to this country as well. They could normally settle pretty quickly as well. But um, for some reason, Celtic haven't really tapped into that since then. Um, obviously, all Unicities came from down south and we'll bring them up here. But I don't know if there's maybe like a fear factor that players that are playing in Sweden, Norway or Denmark or wherever, is it too big a jump to go from that league and come in and play for Celtic? But I generally don't think it is if you find the right player and the and the, the data backs it up and you see the better player playing and the sort of mentality backs up to it as well. But listen, the German Bundesliga, they tap into that market. You know, the French market tap into it. A lot of English clubs tap into it. Championship clubs are going there now and bringing players over. So there's no reason that um, Celtic couldn't do that. Again, it's maybe you need to find the right people in these countries. You need to build up a network of scouts and guys that can pinpoint talent for you in each of the countries. But I'm sure a club like Celtic would be able to do that. Because um, obviously I mentioned the scouting. Um, there's been wee kind of rumours about uh, Barkas again, uh, William, maybe going on loan to uh, Athens or PA uh, Park. But I've heard, obviously, I don't know if it's true, but supposedly when Bournemouth, when Eddie Howe's at Bournemouth, Barkas was kind of tipped to go to Bournemouth. I just found this out on Twitter. Again, I don't mm-hmm. know if it's true, but if that's the case, then obviously I don't know how fancies Barkas. So yeah. um, I've always said I've been willing to give him a chance because he starts, he starts back him up, but he's a just good goalkeeper. He had yeah. decent clean sheets for Athens. He played in Champions League. And you, I know it's YouTube, and I know we've spoken about it before, uh, John, that YouTube always shows you the, the good bits. But... It shows him being vocal, he's shouting, he's he's getting angry and it's healthy. It's his confidence just looked absolutely short. And for me, Robert, I don't think it helps when you're playing in front of defence who you don't know who you're playing in front of. At least with Foster, he knew who he was playing with either Julian Ayer or um Seminovic was coming in as well for the season before. So the, the defence was always kind of kind of settled, and then he came in. You knew that Foster, if a defence made a, a balls up. You had him there, but I think the confidence is shot big time the Barkas. And for me personally, whoever the manager is, if it is Eddie Howe, I'm wanting to give him another chance because I don't think anybody's really one or two. There's maybe one or two players you can maybe share our judgments finished this season, but most of the squad's been poor this season. So, and that's not just doing to one thing, that's done to a lot of things. And I'm wanting to give him a chance. So, I don't know what you think it, Robert, but for me, I would give Barkas at least another pre season. Can I just quickly get back 
a wee couple of minutes here. Aye. We were talking about scouting players. So, mm-hmm. as you know, Ryan, I'm down in England at the moment working. But I was reading in the paper the other day that Peter Brough would have replaced Tony with. They signed this guy. Oh, I can't remember. Harris, but Aye. I don't know who they're going for, but they only bought for a million pounds. The guys went and scored 28 goals, right? He's 26 or 27. He's a big, strong boy. And I'm thinking, that could be somebody that Celtic could be doing with. He scored 28 goals already this season for Peterborough. They bought him for a million, so I'm thinking, I don't know who the manager may be, but I'm thinking, he looks, the stats I was reading and the, obviously the article on him, I thought, he'd be a good one for Celtic to get in because we're lacking that kind of a big physical striker with a bit of movement. And I think he's about six foot four as well. And I just thought, wow, he'd be, you'd probably get him for three million or whatever. And he's obviously scoring goals, but that was just a wee thing I, I meant to say, you know. But on Barkas, I don't want to sound critical, but I think when the ball goes one way, he goes the other way. I think the ball's in fire every time it comes near him. I, I get he's come into a new club. I get the defence in front of him's not been great, but I have yet to see that guy pull a saver that I've been... He's probably pulled a couple of saves off, but he's not impressed me one bit. And I feel we're a goalkeeper. You need to have a nasty streak and a self-confidence about yourself um, to be coming for crosses and getting into people's feet on one-on-ones and organising your defence and barking your defence like the way Forster would have or Alta Boric would have. And I just think the guy's too weak for me for a goalkeeper, especially a couple at Celtic. I hope I'm wrong. I hope to God he proves his right next season. Um, proves me wrong and it turns into a bit being a good goalkeeper but for me he's too weak to be the Celtic goalkeeper that's just my opinion mm. people might turn around and say I'm talking absolute garbage I hope to God he proves me that way that he is but I just feel for the money was spent he should come in and make a bigger impact than he actually has and obviously it wasn't just doing any winning no playing him John Kennedy's now no playing him and maybe the guy's got homesickness I don't know I, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but I feel it should be given a lot more for the, the price that we paid for him, to be honest. I think, that, I think maybe, John, that's maybe one reason why I'm maybe kind of giving a bit more judgment is obviously the transfer fee. I don't want to just give him a year and go, right, see you later. I think I'm, I'm trying to play a devil's advocate here and say, right, I understand he's not doing very well, he's not really played a lot, he's not really saved a lot, but a lot of the team, John, have probably played well this year. Um, again, we're signed a Yeti. started off okay. He's, he's, he's kind of drifted away again. So, uh, for me, I, I just think because uh, I want at least you know, a year and try and get a bit of value out of them five. I'm just trying to out the five million pounds we spent, John. But I know you and Bill are no keen on them either. But I think I'm just wanting to give another chance, John. I think for his first game, stood out. He was very quiet, very timid. Looked as if he was an awe kind of thing, a big move for him. Didn't control his box, very quiet. No communication with his defence. That's not just down to him, that's down to the rest of the defence as well. But um, he's no for me, to be honest with you. I'd rather just get another number one. Try and just sell him and recoup as much as you can. You know, obviously, William, you're obviously in the scouting game before, so... 
but as Barkas ever been in, has, has he ever mentioned in any of your dealings at all? At all? Mm. No, nothing. No, he hasn't. The only time I'd ever seen Barkas playing was, was against Celtic um, for AK Athens. And it's a really difficult one. I think this one, I, I would probably echo what John Roberts said. He hasn't impressed me at all since he's came in. I think that, um, I think John, you had the nail on the head. He is very timid. I think communication is a problem. I agree, though. I, I do take the point. He doesn't really know who's, who's playing in front of him, or how, or is it three defenders, is it four defenders, or whatever. However, he still needs to save chance. He still needs to save shots, and he still needs to turn up when he's meant to turn up, and he hasn't done that this year. Now, it's a lot of money we've paid for a goalkeeper. Um, I do believe he will get another chance. I don't see him, um, from my opinion, going anywhere in the summer. I think, especially new management comes in, they want to have a look at him. But he's got he's got a very, 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 very big season ahead of him because if he doesn't do it next year, um, I think he'll be one of the ones to go first out the door come the January window. Um, yeah. I, I, I can agree with you. I think it's definitely a big season for him and I think it's a big season for a lot of guys. Um, obviously, as we spoke about the last podcast, you can mention Eddie Howe, um, obviously saying they'd be a good fit for Celtic, uh, William, and obviously you mentioned Victor Tews as well. Um, there's rumours about him and kind of Mark Butchard come in, but I don't know if it's going to be Fergal Hagen come in or mm-hmm. that sort of use. But obviously, you've worked with him before, so the dealings I'm obviously have had is kind of positive. So, could you obviously say again because obviously the rumours are getting stronger that it's obviously a very good fit for Celtic? Yeah, it is for me. I touched on it in the last sort of podcast that Eddie Howe was probably the one that I, I wanted, other than sort of Jesse Marks, but I know I'm not going to get him because he's highly touted to go to Germany. So. Yeah, Eddie Howe, doing from my dealings with Bournemouth um, and where they took the club to where it went to, he basically set up the whole structure there along with Richard Hughes. Um, Richard and Eddie are really good friends. Richard originally started doing a lot of the recruitment side and then moved up to sort of technical director, but he was really hands-on and identifying talent that could come into Bournemouth. And the idea that was that they would sort of bring young talent in as well. There was a certain age that they would bring in. They wouldn't bring players in unless they really had to, above 30. Because um, the idea was they bring young talent in, develop them, and then they could sort of move them on, similar to what, what Celtic are trying to do. So that's why I feel that is a really, really good fit if Celtic want to keep that model going. But um, yeah, I got to know Richard really, really well. Richard's a great guy, big Celtic fan as well. Um, he has a lot of connections in Europe. He spent a lot of time in Italy, he's fluent in Italian, done a lot of dealings out there. Um, you probably used to hear him on BT Sport who was a co-commentator for the Italian football for a number of years as well as doing the Bournemouth role but I think he's had to step back from that because he got more involved as technical director but yeah if Eddie's to come in Eddie is the type of guy it's like there's a thing I touched on and there was a coach's voice tweet that they put out about how he set up the team against Chelsea and they said the best form of defence is attack and to me that's just the Celtic way that's just the way we should be playing you know want to go attack attack really hard and fast score as many goals as we can make it exciting and that's everything the way Eddie builds his team to do and Bournemouth have done that really really successfully probably over the sort of four to five years they were in the Premier League I think there was the second season they were in the Premier League they finished top ten you know they were going to Stamford Bridge and beating Chelsea all with this sort of philosophy of you know we're just going to keep attacking you um, consistently but I know he's a really hard working guy he's the first guy in the door he's the last guy out the door at night um, he likes to play free flow and attacking football and that's exactly what we need at the club right now. Um, so I think you'd be a great fit. So fingers crossed over the next few days, um, it's all sort of signed, sealed and bothered. I think Robert, I think that Robert, uh, the William says here, as the Celtic way, we, are, we want to be entertained as much as you want to win. And obviously you'll take a one-on-one any day of the week, but you want to be 
entertaining, do you're paying your 28, 30 pounds, whatever it is you want to be entertained. And I think me personally, I've watched a lot of these videos, I've researched how for a lot in the last few months. And um, for me, it's very, very exciting for him if it is him to come in. Um, there's been a lot of ex Celtic players, media, and whatever else. For me personally, they're fearful when he came in. Um, they're giving him a bit of a and saying he's not done this, he's not done this. He's I think down south there, really, can I give him a hard time? Why is he going to Celtic? And again, people, these teams, these guys down south don't realise how big Celtic are. Um, but Captain Cole bigged us up saying, well, I think he was talking to Cam and to the guys that does um, talk sport, but um, he's basically saying, listen, once you once I set up, get up there and see how big it is. He says it's massive. He says, in second, basically second in Glasgow is <laughs> last in Glasgow. Um, and for me, Eddie Howe, I know guys are saying he's not barely done much in Europe or he's not done this, he's not done that. But the way, as William says, the way he's, he's, a, he's a first guy in, last guy out, he's obsessed with winning, obsessed with attacking football. And I think that's something that fans will really be excited about, Robert. I think Eddie Howe will be a good fit for Celtic and Celtic will be a good fit for Eddie Howe. I think he will take the job on and he'll grasp it and I think he'll fall in love with it. For somebody who isn't Celtic-minded or Celtic-related, I think I've done a fantastic job at Bournemouth for what we've looked at, Ryan, and we've seen. And I just feel if he gets things right, why would he want to go anywhere else unless it was a top four or five team in England? What 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 can you achieve at a team like Crystal Palace or Newcastle? Newcastle is a big club that just underachieve every season, no matter who goes in there. They had Rafa Benitez and they underachieve because they don't seem to splash the money for the big club EFO. So a yo-yo team, I call them up, down, up, down. They'll, they'll just never... They overpay average players for smaller clubs. That's what they do. And they buy a guy at Jolton at £40 million who probably couldn't have scored in a brothel with £100 in his pocket. Excuse the language, but they just... I don't think they're as good a club as Celtic, Newcastle or Crystal Palace or that, I mean, what would you be a success at Crystal Palace getting them in the top 10? You know what I mean? I just, oh, it depends what somebody wants to achieve as a manager. Do they want to be a manager who earns 100 grand a week who his CV turns in and says, oh, by the way, I get Crystal Palace into the top 10? Or do they want to go achieve something, win trophies at Celtic, play in Europe, play against the best players and best managers in the world if you get into the Champions League and then you will have a chance of being a top five or six in England where they might want to that might be where exactly he wants to be but I think going and winning trophies at this stage in his career going at Celtic may it be two three years learning being at a big club being at a club that determines to win all the time being at a fan base that's worldwide that you'll never probably experience with any other club that he goes to because that's what Calton Cole said I've seen his interview on TalkSport and he says you do not realise the size of that club he says you can go anywhere in the world and you bump into a guy who supports Celtic I mean, he went anywhere in the world he went and they'll ask you do you want a beer count and he says and they remember things about you that you probably don't really remember much yourself about scoring a goal or thing he says you do well there you're treated he never says a god but that's the way it is in Glasgow and I think if you're such a exciting, good manager, you will take that on board and you will thrive by it. Winning trophies and being adored by support, I just feel 
the guy has bought into what Celtic's about, and I think this is where the next few days he'll be announced as a manager. Um, and I think it's just the start of it. And I think he will be making an impact the way Martin O'Neill and Brendan Rodgers was. And I think the players will buy into him as well. So I think uh, it's, it's exciting times. I just want over the line now and done. Obviously, Eddie Howe, John, we have spoken about him as well personally. Um, he's definitely getting the fit, as Robert says, a perfect fit for Celtic. It's just everything about his ethos, everything about him. He's a, I think he's very, he's, he's a, I know William might know better, uh, better, but I think he's a very, he's a family man. He's he's very kind of off the park. He's family to his football, but I think he's very obsessed with football. With the videos I've watched, he's, he finds it hard to balance his family because he's obsessed with winning and me personally, John, that's the guy I want in my club. I think it's a bit unfair to say that Eddie Howe hasn't been successful in England or, play, or managed to get his team into Europe. It's very difficult to get into Europe in that week. They're called the Big Six for a reason. They spend more money than anybody else. Predominantly, that's the top six every season, give or take one or two. The most he would have got down there was a Europa League place, wasn't it? He's never, he was never going to break into the top four with the amount of money that they spend. He overachieved, probably, at Bournemouth for four or five years, whatever it was, he was most successful. Um, the, mayor, the mayor he, he gets spoke about, the more I would like to see him, because it's kind of went quiet on everyone else, isn't it? Uh, there's no much paper talk about other foreign managers or Roy Keane that seem to have stopped. And normally when things are in the press like that, it normally happens, doesn't it? Nine times out of ten, they're right. Because I think for me, Eddie Howe's... Aye, it's just... It's, for me, I agree with Robert, it's, it's got a bit of the, the Rodgers factor coming in. It's a, it's a fresh... Fresh ideas. He's come to a big league. He's obviously... Born with family superstars, but he's dealt with big players. He had Nathan Aki, he's been in Man City. The guy with guys like Cam Wilson, he's Newcastle, Josh King, plays in Norway. So these are these guys are decent and he's working with the guys every week at Bournemouth. So and as you mentioned, uh, he's got a Stamford Bridge, he's got a Man United, he's so it's not like he's all used to big crowds. Ah, he's played in front of eleven thousand, but that doesn't matter. He's still he's still managing them what they call the best in the world. Um, and I think it's very exciting. Um, I think the full new structure for me, William, is very exciting. Um, no matter if it is Kenley starting if they stay, I don't know if they will. If it is Parkin or Richard Tews and if Mark Butcher does find a scout, no matter who it is, it comes in for me. It's very exciting because it's new ideas, it's fresh, and it does put a new span on the season. And I think for me, I know Rangers have won the league, but for me, it's all come towards Celtic again. The way it was with Rodgers, I know Rangers came up and Oh, that's Rangers back and Celtic won the league. Dyer did very well, but Rogers came in and boom, it was all Celtic attention. I think that, for me, I think that's going to happen again. If Howe comes in, it'll be right, who's Celtic, Celtic going to sign? Who are they going to sell? And then Rangers going to go right. It'll be about the cat and mouse, right? If they sign him, what are we going to do? And we all know that Rangers had an RCR issue, so they can't afford money unless they sell players. So it's going to be an exciting summer if Howe how does come in. I think it is, um, and I think the critical point is um, for Eddie to, to come in is to have his team with him. So I think if Eddie comes in, I, I would put my money on Richard will come with him. 
There's also a, a gentleman, Des Taylor, was his chief scout at Bournemouth for many, many years and worked really closely with Eddie. He was actually with Eddie at Burnley as well. Des was a guy I got to know really, really well. Des was outstanding at sporting players. Some of the players this guy spotted, you wouldn't believe. But obviously, Bournemouth just couldn't quite sign him because they would have went to a bigger club. Mm-hmm. One of them was in Golo County. He was one of the first guys to go and see him in Golo County over in France. And I think Bournemouth tried to get him at the time, but um, I think he ended up going to Leicester, I think it was at that time. Um, and obviously just went, went there rather than Bournemouth. So that used to hinder them a little bit because they used to spot really good players at Bournemouth, but they just couldn't get online because he probably... No disrespect to Bournemouth, but it's 11,000 crowd and it's not in London. Do you know what I mean? All these big players want to go to London or Manchester or wherever. So I think if you've got that as his team, if Dez and Richard come with Eddie, I would be really, really excited about that because they can now go to these players and say, you're coming to Glasgow, you're coming to sign for one of the biggest clubs in the world, you're going to be playing in Europe every year. Um, so that's a big, big selling point when trying to get these talented players over here now. Um, I think it will be a great addition in terms of um, for the game in Scotland as a whole as well. I think Eddie Howe, no matter what, the guy's a winner. Mm-hmm. And I think he is box office. A lot of people say, no, he's no box office. Roy Keane is getting mentioned as box office, but Eddie Howe's achieved far more in the game as a manager for me than what Roy Keane has. I think Roy Keane's better at uh, the punditry on the telly, to be honest. But um, yeah, it's an exciting time. He's the guy I've wanted. I actually, when Brendan Rodgers left Celtic, he was the first name that I wanted to come in at that point. Um, maybe been a bit more tricky the fact he was still the, the Bournemouth manager then but the fact now he's out of work and it's looking like it's going that way now that we're going to bring him in uh, it does make for an exciting season ahead next year so hopefully they can get that done yeah, as, you say, uh, as you say Robert before we come on that um, he kind of took him basically for down the dumps right up to the Premier League so he's, he has he has won promotions he has won leagues he's worked with under tight budgets he's worked with money so in the balance of things he has the perfect suit for Celtic and as William says if he brings his team obviously William knows him better than us William will kind of gradually know what what they'll bring to Celtic Robert and I think that's it's only a good sign that maybe it's it's guys who work together closely and they're coming in instead of the system they're now you have to get guys who have not worked each other they're saying oh we'll get him we'll sign him or no we'll do this it's it's all kind of jumbo jumbo Um, and I think with him coming in It'll be a settled, it might take a few months to settle down, but I think it's the same with Rodgers, once they get in that kind of rhythm, I think it'll just be free-flowing football. It's the fresh approach for Dominic Mackay to a director of football, to a new manager, and I feel we just needed that freshness about us, and I feel what I like about Eddie Howe as well, is he's took a year out of football and just analysed football for a field. Know that 24-7 management. He's took his break, he'll be refreshed, and he'll be there to go. I know that just, that doesn't sound like something, but in football, you hear about managers saying that they just need that break because they need to recharge the batteries. And he was four or five years, non-stop, 24-7 probably at Bournemouth. And he will feel refreshed and he'll feel ready to go. And I think that enthusiasm and that energy, the players will want with that and delve into it just the way you know what I mean like a, a fresh approach for your manager and probably everything about the club it will be moving in a different direction and I feel as much as Peter Lawwell done brilliant for Celtic we needed to that fresh approach we needed a new guy in there that's probably I don't know how Dominic Mackay will operate but I feel we needed that no him putting the blockers on deals or Trying to negotiate our two hundred grand 
I feel now that we've Rangers have won the league, we've had to take a wake up call. We've took that step back, and I feel Dermot Desmond now is ready to plow a serious bit of money into Celtic because I don't think he'll like what's happened this season. Um, because obviously you heard the rumours of what happened about the League Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, was it League Cup or Scottish League Cup, wasn't it? Um, with Rangers. Mm-hmm. Aye, and you heard all these rumours of directors were saying, ah, look who's back now. You didn't expect us to be back this soon. And he got angry at that and brought in Brendan Rodgers. I feel that's new, what he's got now with this Dave King in the paper. Where's Dermot Desmond now and all this nonsense and all the papers hyping it up? I feel he's just been sitting back, ready to just explode into the scene. And I think this is what's happening behind the scene. He's not been saying much, but behind the scene, he's working ever so hard to get us what we want and the fans want and what he wants to kind of blow Rangers back out the water, to be quite honest with you. And I think the wake-up call we've needed this season's came. Now, if, this is, if we're losing this title, makes us go and win another three or four in a row, then I so be it. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I feel it's we were all just we all just thought it was guaranteed the ten, and I feel now that it's not happened, the club needs rejuvenated, and that's the way it's going to go. And I just hope it's Eddie how it's at the helm to take us to the next step. And I reckon he'll have a, a really good transfer budget to spend. Let's not forget we've still got eleven and a half million. Obviously, out with what Man City's having to take for Fring Pong, so that's sitting in the bank as well. So some of that will be getting used, obviously. So it'll be exciting. I'm excited to see what's happening in the next week or two. So I think me personally, uh, John, that I think we actually could be getting the best Eddie Howe because, he, as Robert says, he's been refreshed. He's seen that I think he's supposedly he's he's phoned he's had phone calls with Rogers in the past. He's kind of I think Rogers was his mentor supposedly. I don't know if that's true, uh, Morgan. You might help me there, but yeah. um, I think a lot. He's a, he's, he's, a, he's a type of manager, but he's a type of guy that is just like a student of the game. Mm-hmm. So he would go and spend time with guys like Brendan Rodgers. And I think he'd done that when he was when Eddie was quite sort of new. The, the management side of Bournemouth. And I think Brendan was a manager at Swansea. And he would just go and spend time with the guys like them and learn from them. And I think what, what Robert's saying there is about being refreshed. He will be refreshed, but I can guarantee you he would not have switched off of the game. He'll be thinking about how can I make things better? How can I make myself better? How can he translate that to the team, the next team he manages, the next project he works on? So I think, like you just said there, you're going to get the best Eddie Howe. I think we will get the best Eddie Howe now because he is refreshed, but he's also been learning so much more about how the game's played and who does this and just different ideas, different ideas with tactics, training methods, all that sort of stuff. Because he's a very, very hands-on coach. On the, I don't know if you've seen a couple of things I tweeted over the weekend and showed you how he was coaching at Bournemouth. He's very hands-on on the park. He takes control of the whole session. And he's, and he's all motivated with developing players and getting the players to work better as a team. So, um, so yeah, I, I've no doubt about that. I think we will get the best Eddie Howe anyway um, coming in this year, hopefully. And as uh, basically John Williams says here, he's very hands-on. It's obviously a different approach from Neil Lennon, so I think it's, it's it may be a, a culture shock in a way to the players, John, but I think it's not going to benefit the players. Aye, because... Uh, the rumours were Lennon was getting players days off. <laughs> Sauce was back in the menu at the canteen or that. And <laughs> he wasn't really that bothered about that side as long as he performed on the Saturday, which I do understand. That's that's man management. Well, maybe the older school managers just 
as long as you perform on a Saturday, you can do what you want. As long as you perform for me, they're happy. But I think the days are kind of finished now. Um, he's a young manager um, in the Rogers mould. It's all sports science and that as well, isn't it? William maybe maybe tell if he's big in the sports science as well, William. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. His team his team round about him, aye. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's the way the modern game is now and Bournemouth didn't have any of that when they were coming from League One up to the championship. But when Richard and Eddie got together, they said we need to we need to do this to get to the next level in the Premier League and they adopted all that then. So these guys know how to come in and build a structure around a bit of team and a philosophy, put the right, you know, put the right pieces in the right place to get the best out of the team on the park on the Saturday. So, yeah, he, he will be doing all the sports science stuff as well. Is that something, is that something we spoke about, John? Um, the Leipzig model, the Ajax, uh, the Salzburg, the structure, how they start for, as William says, basically come in and start for the bottom. And I think, John, we spoke about it. Maybe that's the structure that we maybe should go down. I will. That was six months ago we were talking about that but even when Celtic were getting Celtic were get, getting results, we're just scraping, but scraping results, wins or draws. But we, me and Robert and yourself were talking about new models and whatever. And uh, if I can just say that Jack Henry's manager in Ostend in Belgium's getting linked with Sheffield United today. He's another guy that's come through the model at Red Bull in Leipzig. Um, start. 2013 or something started after the under 17s, under 19s, second team. Went to Ostend last season after they were second bottom. He's got them now sitting fourth in that week. Maybe not to be the best of leagues, but he's made a dramatic improvement. And his mentor was Ralph Ran- yeah, Ranjek. Is that how you spell it? Right, yeah, 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 another one that's come through that model. I know it's a franchise, but it's more than that. It's it's a model that's working. And I can only see more teams doing that. Yeah, I totally agree. I would totally agree that Ralph Rannick's the type of guy that comes in and, and sets the stall out throughout the whole club. And there's so many. The, the, the manager of Austin um, is one of them, but Thomas Tuchel is one of them. Julian oh. Nagelsmann's one of them. They've all came through that coaching tree that the sort of the gen-gen press is what they call it, you know, win the ball back. As soon as you lose it, win the ball back in transition. So all that sort of model. But as you can see now, obviously Jesse Marks is another one at Salzburg. He was a guy that I was really going on about, John, as well, that I wanted him to come in and, and do that. But um, I think with Ralph Rangnick, someone you're going to need to give a lot of money to to make that work. But I think that what we've got here almost ready-made with the Bournemouth scenario and Eddie Howe and Richard Hughes scenario, is very, very similar to that. So I think we would get the best out of that those partnerships as much as we would get with Ralph Ragnick. Right. I've got, as far as I'm concerned, I've got to start incorporating it into the youth system as yeah. well. Yeah, totally agree. I would totally agree with that. It's that's, got to go three, three, that's, that's something that we spoke about as well, John, how the youths have left, and I think Robert touched on it as well. In our podcast, obviously Guy Harper left, and we were wondering, wouldn't we, Robert, why... The youth are leaving, and I think maybe we know now. Before, I don't know if you read the article for Cameron Harper the other day, but it basically says there was too many clicks at the club. Um, he says yeah. the French boys were here, and the guys were there, the guys were here. He says, and he, he left. I think he the game against. He was getting up to the first team, and then he was just getting part right back down again, and no getting any kind of 
there was near the pathway back up again. And I think that's what's definitely something that's missing here, Robert. And again, because he obviously in the future, we don't know, I don't, don't know Andrew Richard Brexit, I don't know if that's going to affect transfers, but we need to start producing a bit more youth because we have in the past, but we've not had a, pro, a proper good youth player coming in this season. And I think, I know it's Steve Welsh, but I think we need to start making any money through these youth guys and selling them on. Definitely, Ryan. I don't think that was a thing with Neil Lennon. I think he's not the type of guy that would go and speak to youth players and do that sort of thing that Brendan Rodgers done. Like I read a thing on Brendan Rodgers that I think it was before a cup final or something. They were playing Rangers and Brendan Rodgers sat all the under 18s or whatever down and spoke to them all and explained to them what they really need to do and how they need to grasp their chance and what it takes to be, just for example, how to do Kieran Tierney and how Kieran Tierney made it to the first team and it sat down for 45 minutes, which he didn't have to do and spoke to the, I think it was under 18 or something, and he just spoke to them and they were just saying how professional it was and how the young boys took it in like a, a lesson off a, a teacher and just... The, the grasped what he was saying and how he were under his influence, how they could develop and what they could do to improve their game and make their game better. And I think that's the type of guy, I don't know Eddie how personally, but William could probably back me up. I think he's the type of guy who would do the exact same thing yeah. for youth players and give them that idea that under this guy, I can learn, I can be better, I can see a path to the, the first team and probably could go and speak to whether they had to develop, like, change things and make things better. Whereas I don't feel Neil Lennon had that side of his game. I could be talking absolute garbage here. But just the way, as you say, all the youth players were leaving, they seen it as a glass ceiling that they couldn't get to the first team. And I don't, I just feel Neil Lennon's management skills is so dated um, that young players nowadays need to be managed better. Indifferently, and I don't think he was the type of guy to identify that and see that and speak to them. Whereas I feel Eddie Howe is a modern coach, modern manager, and sees that because he's young as well, and he's he seems to be with the modern times. And I feel a lot of youth players will like that in him that they can see his. And I think his philosophy will be from top of the club to bottom of the club, like from under tens to to the first team, and that's the pathway that we need, whereas I don't think we had that under Neil Lennon but we did have it under Rodgers and I think we kind of seen wee snippets of some players coming through obviously know what we wanted but we need to have that full club structure, the Ajax model, the Leipzig model where these players see the pathway from the youth right up to the first team and that's how we've got to go as a club and I hope this is what the new structure entails us Obviously, well, you, you mentioned as well in the last podcast that he was very hands-on. He does, after every session, he would speak to the players one-to-one. I think that's nah, it's definitely something that I think we missed this season. I know we don't know what the engine is, but mm-hmm. I personally can't see Neil Wenning talking to every single player. Um, I think, as Robert says, that's not his management style. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, as you mentioned before, that Eddie Howe doing that, that's not going to benefit the players because... He's kind of always getting coached and always getting spoke to and always kept their toes. Yeah, he, he, he did. And, and I know for a fact he would pull players in and 
if someone made a mistake in a game, we would run it back with them and, and try and explain to them why they made the mistake and how you correct that mistake going forward. And that's the only way these players are going to learn. You've got to sit there and point out these proper errors that they make on the park and understand why they made that error and, and how they correct it. And, and Eddie Howe's a big believer in that. And he, he done that so well at Bournemouth that I think most of the Bournemouth team that came up into the Premier League, had never, none of them had ever played in the Premier League before. Um, there was guys there that became absolute, you know, Premier League standard players because of Eddie Howe. Um, so that's the type of coach that he is. He will get the best out of the players that are there, but also the young talent coming through as well. Celtic are a massive club. Celtic should really be bringing through the, the most talented players in this country, if not in the UK, in my opinion. And over the last couple of years, we've just lost so many talented players to big clubs, either whether it's Bayern Munich or it's Liverpool or players even going to Brighton, you know, going down south. And we're losing a lot of talented players that way. And it, it's purely because we don't have that player pathway to the first team. And and I can sort of understand what young Cameron Harper had said about the glass ceiling and cliques in the team. And listen, young players just want to have a pathway to get to the first team. If they don't, they will just move on. It's, it's as simple as that. So I think Eddie will come in. He will sit with every player, one-to-one, develop them. He'll develop the whole team as well. I don't think there'll be any cliques in that dressing room when Eddie Howe's there because it's all about working together as, as one unit, as one team. You win and lose together with Eddie, but they've all got to believe in what he's got. To, they've all got to believe in his philosophy at the club. If there's players that don't believe in that, then they need to move on, in my opinion. Um, we need everybody singing from the same hymn sheet at the club going forward. Um, and I've got no doubt he will replicate that right through the academy, and that will only benefit the club going forward. I think um, what you're saying there's I think, definitely spot on. I think every... every if you go on for under 10s, whatever it is, to the first team, every team has got to have the same philosophy, the same the same identity. They've all got, as you say, sign off the same hymn sheet. Um, and obviously, John, the youth system for me is definitely going to be something we've got to kind of, I'm not saying focus on predominantly, but it's something we've got to give a lot of attention because as we've seen in the papers, you've got guys like McBurnley, again, failed, um, supposedly going to Wilkes for 15 million. I know the papers talk, paper talk, John, but... That's the money that we are up against when guys who are average football players come for big money. So maybe the early youth system could actually help us in no having to spend that amount of money in players to fail. Aye, regarding the youth, so I'm obviously older news, but if Celtic were playing Murrow on a Saturday and the centre half was injured, the reserve centre half would play on a Saturday. That's the way it worked. It'd just be an automatic replacement. They trust the day boys to come in and play as well. We just can't... I don't know if that's the way football is now. Um, you just don't seem to see that. You've got to be able to trust your youth players, but obviously got to be good enough as well. Celtic cherry-pick all the youth players for all the other boys, clubs and teams, and yet we're not getting enough through into the first team. Every season we should be getting one coming through and putting pressure on players. Their players maybe get their players that they're pushing might get better as well with somebody pushing them. That's maybe something that Celtics lacked this season. Nobody pushing you for your position. No, I think that's definitely something that has been happening because you've seen at the start of the season it was just an charm, McGregor and Brown, the charm, McGregor and Brown. There was no change and then all of a sudden they put trouble and sorrow in and then now you're thinking, right, now we've got five or six players can play on the and it's just for me, Robert. It's it's. I think competition is a big thing, and I agree with John that I don't think guys have really been 
push this season, even guys like Edward, he knew that if he was fit, he'd be playing. We've stockpiled a lot of average players, Ryan. That's what we've done. And we got away for that for a bit under Rogers. And Lennon says, ah, he's not going to do it. And he done it more than anybody. And I just feel we have got a lot of guys like in Cham who on his day is our most talented football player in Scotland, but on his day, as new on his day. I read a stat on him the other day that in 13 games, he started two games but been subbed 45 minutes into the games. So to me, this guy's attitude just reeks a pure shite, if you ask me, because you, this can't yeah. happen at every club. This just has to be him as a person that thinks he's a superstar. But to be a superstar, you need to put the hard graft in and the hard work because talent alone just isn't good enough now. Maybe 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I possibly it could have been, but football's changed. Modern football's completely different. Yeah, if you don't put the effort in, then average Joe will overtake you because average Joe's want to put in that extra graft. Depend, all your ability is not going to save the day and that just seems to be what I said to you before, Ryan. I think this guy will look back on his career he needs to grab it by the scruff of the neck, you know, because he's going to look back in five years' time or whatever it is when he's playing in the French seventh tier. But he's got all this talent, but he's never done it in his career when he could possibly... Marseille's a big team in France. This is another opportunity for him to go there and make an entry sale and get a transfer because, you know, French players like to play in France and he's just no doing it. He's just... Whatever the, the guy's attitude, whatever it may be, he just does not seem to have the attitude they want to work hard and train hard because his ability undoubtedly is there. There's no denying it, but he just can't do it on a regular basis. And I just hope if he does come back in that he wakes up and smells the coffee because it will be too late. And I just feel that's a lot with the Celtic players. Like the youth players at Celtic, as John says, is there's there's so much of them leaving and going and stuff, and they're no being trusted to come into the first team. We spend two million pounds a year own youth development which is probably bigger than 90% of the team's budget a year um, and the youth isn't that great because Ross County won the league two years ago Hamilton's won the league it's no like Celtic are own eight or nine in a row at youth development because they're no so again maybe some of the talent is okay at a certain level but they just can't reach that first team level or, as you say, there's just disjointed throughout the club. There's no altogether as one, which we did have before, which isn't there. As we say, there's players, it's maybe a revolt at youth level, the same as it is in the first team, and maybe that's what's hindered our season. We do not know. You know what I mean? Players just don't go on, and that all needs restructured at Celtic, and maybe that's what Neil Lennon was speaking about behind the scenes, that we don't know what's happened behind the scenes, because you'd have read all these stories that players because they play in a team that doesn't mean necessarily mean that they get on together. They do. There is forwards in dressing rooms and there can be play revolts in dressing rooms. And probably we'll not find out now, but in a couple of years' time somebody might come out and hold an interview and say, by the way, when Celtic were going for ten in a row, there was a couple of scraps in the dressing room. We do not know. But that's all hearsay in it. You just don't know. But there's obviously something no right at the club, and that's probably why we need it all restructured for tap to bottom as well. 
You see, obviously, in the jam. I don't know, William, do you think? For me, I, I've always said I was a, I'm a big, big admirer in terms of ability, but obviously, he's, as I said, the game lets him down. But do you think, obviously, Eddie Howe will come in if he doesn't like him, he'll be away. But do you think his ability would suit the way Eddie Howe plays football? I, I think it would, I, I, because I, I think, as Robert said, in Cham on his day is an, an outstanding player. Um, he, he can win the ball back and move it during the transition phase pretty well and very quickly. And he can score goals as well. You know, that, that quickness that he adds to the game when he's on it, that creativity on the game, um, he can really totally do game-changing moments for me. Um, but most of the time, he's not at that level for me. And I think there is something going on, whether it's his attitude, whether it's a psychological part. For me, he doesn't do it enough. He's not consistent enough. And I think Marseille now seeing that. Marseille put him on for 45 minutes and hooking him at half-time because he's not doing what he should be doing. But I've got no no doubt whatsoever he would suit the way that Eddie plays, but he needs to be doing it every single game. And if he's not doing it every single game, then he won't be there. I think it's as simple as that for, for a champ. You know, that's something you do agree with as well, John. I think I know we've spoken about he is. He is very, very talented, but obviously in football these days, you've got to do a lot more than just play, basically play football. It's a lot more than that. Uh, the standards have definitely dropped this season. Um, he looks as if he's been in a half. Cameron Harper was talking about cliques. Obviously, the French boys all hung about each other and whatever. Dembele left. Left A2. New champs away. Eddie, series. English, whatever. They've got their friends. It's, I do understand it can be difficult like that, but the way you eat that is to play playing performing on Saturday, isn't it? That's your way out. That's your release. But I do understand if his issues off the park, it can affect your performance. Aye, I think is that something that Sam obviously told us that after park that it's if it's your fingers are right on the park, it can affect you. Um if it's not right off the park, it can affect you on the park. Um but again, obviously the last week, but I like to speak about it again, John. I'll go with you first, is obviously the, the thing with Rangers. I know we don't want to talk about too much, but it's not just about Rangers, it's about general life. And I know people are going to talk about, oh, what happened with Celtic, Dubai. The thing with Dubai for me was, you can kind of wade in with it. For me, we all know it was more than what they'd done and what Lennon Brown done, sitting and having pints, and they had basically, they basically had a wee kind of, a kind of jolly. I know they did work hard, but... The, the thing for me was that was allowed by the government and the SFA. They did not have any qualms about it until Celtic went away. They had any qualms about it and they changed the rules. And so it's not like Celtic done it secretly. Celtic done it supposedly by the book. They sent emails. It was all done officially. So it's not like Celtic went to Dubai and flew in a private plane and done it with anybody known. That's totally different to five players going to a party and no known. It doesn't matter if it's five players on the same team and a house party, they're still together without a bubble. So the thing for me, it's not the fact that he's appealed it, it's the fact that what he's, what he's saying about the boy Patterson, because he's a prospect, because he's a good player, he can't get a ban. For me, it's ridiculous, John, and how he's a guy that has statues can saying that, for me, it's delusional, in my opinion, John. I think it's embarrassing, the fact that I think Gerard spoke to Steve Clark about it. Which it's absolutely nothing to do with Scotland, it's Rangers' problem. Um, I'm very disappointed. I, I, I actually quite like Gerard and his, his man management, whatever, but I'm really disappointed what he said today. 
Uh, whether it's coming from above him, you don't know. But the boy, they obviously rate that boy Patterson, and that's why we're going down that road. It's an avenue it's open for him. Celtic used it before, remember, when Scott Brown was going to be suspended for all firm game. And Celtic appealed it, even though they knew he was guilty. So the appeal process got put back and Scott Brown played. It's the same. They're just using the rules as a loophole and they're, they're just using it. I can understand it, but for me, it's just, if you're going to come and appeal it, appeal it for a reason which is valuable. For me, William, I know you obviously you were in the game, so you maybe know what I say too much, but for me, it's just it's the excuse for the appeal. It's the, I, don't, I don't agree with it just because you're a good player. It means that you appeal it because if that was the case, then if Celtic really rated ball and goalie, because Celtic appeal their, their sets, but they knew what he done was wrong and went, no, you're getting fined and whatever else, banned, that's it done. I just yeah. think it's it's why I know I understand. I, I personally think it's because they've looked at right back and he's got these best for the team. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly it, in my opinion. I think that um, he, he doesn't have a right back in Tavernier at the minute. I think Balligan's been found out. Um, quite a few times in that position that's not a natural position let's be fair to the guy um, the only reason they're appealing this as John said is they'll just go through that process of um, trying to make sure the boy can play in the next game um, I think he, even with the reason he gave said he's a young talent that's not going to stack up at the end of the day the rules the rule uh, and they broke the rules and I'm pretty sure they find a player as well I think all players were fined by the club mm-hmm. as well so that would tell you sort of guilty as charged but um, yeah, it, it was quite an amazing statement. I was quite surprised with the statement as well, but when you sit and look at it and think about it, it's purely just because it doesn't have another right back at the club. I think, well, I think we've all kind of came to agreement and I think that's why it is, Robert. I just think he's a arrogant so-and-so. I don't know say the other words, I think. I just think he thinks he's above the law in Scotland, Gerard. I think he just thinks he can say what he wants when he wants. That's just the attitude he gives to me. And let's be honest, when they won the league officially, there was five of them in motors turning up to training, steaming drunk. But Celtic have to take five buses to games to make sure the players are separated enough. They have totally took the piss out of the rules this season and been allowed to do it, and nothing's been said. But we go to Dubai and it's you think you'd slaughtered three people on, on the um, plane on the way over. We have been hung out to dry on the, that case, on the COVID case. They've got away with what they've they've had one COVID breach. Um, positive come back for international duty in Holland. They've just, I think they've bent the rules. To be honest with you, no saying that wouldn't have stopped them winning the league. But I just feel they've got away with a wee bit of murder on that sense. To be honest with you, I just feel everything they've done is just like been brushed under the carpet. The first time they had party players brushed under the carpet. The government said the next time somebody does it, we'll punish them. Five of the players get caught at a party again. After that, they go, they win the league. They're all partying, encouraging the fans in the street to party. And then they turn up to training the day later. Alan McGregor's hanging at the a motor, steaming drunk, can barely spring a sentence together. Five of them are in the Bentley motor, turning up to training. And you're just thinking... Can you imagine if that was Celtic? What the papers and everything would be doing? Well, the front page and back, back page news, mate. It was the same, it was the same with Dubai. It was, all, it was like Celtic were a world disgrace. Um, right. Listen, we all know what Celtic done was more than wrong. We all know that. We all know it was disgusting. But 
they didn't break the rules. It was a, it was officially okay by the government and the SFA. So, I we 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 understand Celtic should should, should get punished for it. They only get punished because Julian had uh, COVID and had to isolate. So, it's only a punishment. That's just that's just obviously the rules. But as you mentioned, <laughs> had to take uh, how many buses to train in Dubai up to Ross County. Aberdeen came to Park Kid where a double decker. So where's where's the where's the conspiracy in the, in the rules? But back to a, to a positive note, um, John, we've got Rangers obviously in the next round of Scottish. You'll be up soon. Again, we, we spoke about the last two games. We've got I know we've only we, we get a point and then we get beat, but we've had the upper hand performance. The performance will be a bit better. For me, it's a total must-win game. And again, as we spoke about before the last game. They, they owe the fans this Scottish Cup now. They owe us another big performance because we've not had much to cheer about this year. And I think Stoke Rangers won the double. Again, I think as Hugh Kevins, I don't know if you've seen Hugh Kevins' tweet, basically saying uh, Rangers, that's a double. For me, it's total. For me, I would get that in your team sheet. Your, your dressing room. There you go, boy. Here's your team sheet. Uh, yeah, your team talk. For me, it's total out of respect for Celtic. They've dominated for nine years. Um, basically saying that they're basically it's a damn script for Rangers for me it's a total disrespect and I respect who's a pundit and on the radio I just I think it was really really ridiculous for me to tweet that um, but for me John I think it's a big big it's a big thing at the end of the season again for me if how he does come in I want to bring him in the new I just leave him the new as Robert says let him go far far afield watch for a side let Kenny take over in the season and just try and win the Scottish Cup and finish the season on a high Aye, just just attack them. Start off quick in the front, fat, go for it. Because um, I don't think we're good enough to go out and set our stall out and defend, get bodies behind the bar or whatever. I would just go for them. Um, I, heard, I think it was Alec Ray the night, I know, saying, oh, the last time Celtic played Rangers, it was between two European games and Rangers were on their feet. What a load of shite. Making excuses. <laughs> Celtic be the better side the last two games. Aye, we only get one point out of the two games, but I'd just just go for it. That's what I would do. Just go for it. There's nothing to lose. I think I'm the same as you, John. I think we've got the attack ability and we've seen how kind of fragile they actually are when you press them, Robert, at the back. And I know they've won the league and they've been the best team. I understand that. But it shows you when we did kind of counter-attack them and get them on the break in the last game that they're definitely ready to be broke down. They're definitely ready to be broke down. They've... Al McGregor's had two really good games against us the last twice. Um, I feel when we were on the upper hand when we scored that goal well in Ussie, if we scored another one, we would have comfortably went out three or four mil. But I just feel we made the wrong decisions at the wrong times. People were shooting when there was somebody in a better position inside. And I feel just that side of the game, we've done it in the game at Ibrox as well. It's just decision-making and snapping shots. Rather than being a bit more composed and seeing the better opportunity with somebody inside or somebody down the wing, it's just if we can get the, that side of it right, we could. I don't see why we can't just go and comfortably beat them. I, I think we are a Celtic click the way we've been playing. Mm-hmm. I have not been absolute brilliant, but all the shots in goal, if we turn these shots in and be consistent with them and score one or two goals, you could get a team of doing. I'm not saying it's going to be Rangers, but it's just been that wee bit more composure in front of goal. And if it does click on the day, I don't see why we couldn't go and comfortably beat them with a couple of goals. 
I think me personally, William, I think we are due, we're due, I'm not saying as Robert says, I'm not saying it's going to be Rangers, but we are due to give a team a good, good, good over. Um, for me personally, I think we're slowly getting back, we're ticking away, we're creating a lot of chances and it's only going to help us end of the season by creating a lot more chances and hopefully the quality is there. Yeah, we, we just we just need to be more clinical um, in front of goal. Obviously, the, this this sort of curse of the set piece has been killing us this year as well, and we need to do better. We need to switch on a bit more at the back as well um, to defend better. But as John says, for me, there's nothing. Celtic have nothing to lose in this next game. Let's just go out there and give them a game. I think one of the key factors in the next match will be James Forrest will be back and, and more fitter, more sharper for us. He'll give us the width that we've lacked. And as, um, as Robert was saying about the Falkirk game, you know, he can pull, he can pull, sorry, Barisic more infield and let Kenny go down the outside and we can be going two against one a lot down the right-hand side as well. So we'll create more chances, but we've just got to make sure we're putting it in the back of the net. To be honest, as I, as I said there, let's go and have a go at them. Um, I quite fancy Celtic having a go at them and actually getting a result, to be honest. I think what Hugh even said was pretty poor. I think he's just doing that now for some likes on Twitter. But as you said, get that up in the dressing room and say, look, nobody fancies you here. Go out and prove them wrong. I think for me, that's been... I think that is your team top because, listen, people have been getting these abuse all year, how you felt to get to 10, you felt to do this, you felt to do this. And I think now is maybe, again, for me, Robert, the last, I can touch on the last few, but I think, that as we spoke about, they do owe something this year. And for me personally, if we go this season without winning a trophy, it is a bit of a disaster. And if we go on from here to there, I know what happens in life and I know life moves on. But for having that dominance and then winning nothing, it's it's hard to it's hard to, to take that it's going to happen. So I think for me personally, the Scottish Cup's a must want to salvage something this season. I think the other fans, I think it'd be fitting for Scott Brown to go with a trophy as well. I feel he'll be determined not to let this happen. And I hope the players feel they owe Scott Brown a 13-year service to let the guy bow out with a trophy and be a fairy tale ending. Because it'd be a bit gutting for him to be leaving with all eight trophies and then his last season, Adam Squimper getting it with absolutely nothing. And to see them winning the double, we just do not want to see it. As we say, with Forrest on the wing, it stops Barisic for attacking as much as well, because he'll be going, well, I can't just have the freedom of attacking Kenny or the game, because I'll have two on that one, if that's the tactics we use. I would go a 4 2 3 one where on the on the left, maybe Taylor or Alex out at the back, and um, the two winners, and exploiting the wing-backs, pushing them back, because that's the joy that Rangers go with. And obviously, we'll go with that young boy, Patterson. And I thought he was a bit of a rabbit in headlights the last time he came on against us. I think he was just a bit Flung in, obviously Very a bit rough. erratic, and I just trying he's trying too hard probably, and I think a few times he get boys went by him and he was ready to cut people, and I think it would definitely be a player I would target if he was playing against us. Guaranteed yellow card. Aye, if they want to book him, that is John. Aye, Aye you sometimes get away with three or four <laughs> against Celtic before the booking comes out. <laughs> um, obviously, John uh, Scott Brown was mentioned with Robert there. I think that would be fitting. Um, obviously, to go out in some sort of high, um, and I do agree. With it. I don't think I think Scott Brown. Obviously, I think for me, it'd be, be a start at the end of the season. I don't think he'll drop out a lot of games. To be fair, I think he's played well recently, so I don't think he deserves to drop out. Um, but I think it'd be fitting, John, 
and it'd be fitting for himself to go to the high and win the Scottish Cup for himself and obviously for the fans. Ah, uh, it would be fitting. He, he is a legend, isn't he? For his, the time he's served and the trophies he's won, and as uh, an absolute travesty that he's going out with no fans there. Um, mm. Hopefully, he can get something sorted for him that he can get a bit of recognition for the fans. Um, you know, when he comes back with Aberdeen, he's going to get a hero's reception, isn't he? Um, I quite fancy myself to beat Rangers, to be honest with you. Um, but a couple, I think they're due it. Um, I think my, my, uh, a mindset change. Players know they've got something to play for now to the end of the season. There's eyes on them for the new manager. I definitely see Celtic beat them. Is he game a Saturday or a Sunday? It's the 17th of April, I'm sure, isn't it? That's time we've had a Saturday or Sunday. But, but I'm, yeah, guessing yeah. Prob- I'm guessing I'll probably play the, be the Sunday shot because I don't know if he'll be playing Europe on the Thursday. Um, Rangers, no, they're it. No, it. Sorry, I'll go then. See, Stop winding much. them up. See, it shows, <laughs> it shows you how much I pay attention to them. I didn't know they're in Europe anymore. Um, but can I last, obviously, the last touch of me is yourself, William. Obviously, the big talk we know is Eddie Howe. Um, Obviously, if it does come in, we all know what we may get them. But how's the last kind of feeling of yourselves? Do you think obviously it, should, it will hurt him? And obviously, when it does, which, which your main aim? Do you think him can win? Um, yeah, I, I really hope it does. I, I think I've, I've spoken quite a bit about Eddie tonight, and obviously, in the last podcast, I'm a massive fan of Eddie Howe and what he does as a coach. And um, he's going to come in here to win, um, and he's going to breed success through this club. Um, now, we, we have had unbelievable success at Celtic for the last 10 years, especially the last four with the, the quadruple treble that we've done. This has been a real low point for us because I think it's been a real low point because of how quickly it's happened over the space. You could even argue months this has probably happened. So um, it's completely capitulated. So we, we really need that lift. And I think Eddie's going to give us that lift. I think the key factor for Eddie, he gets his own team coming in with him. Uh, and he'll be here and I think maybe that's maybe the sticking spot at the minute you know we've got to respect that Richard Hughes and maybe some of the other guys he wants to bring in are, are still employed by Bournemouth so there's maybe a lot of things trying to get sorted out and um, a lot of negotiations probably happening so maybe that's been the I think we just need to be patient I'm, I'm very confident he's going to be the next Celtic manager um, and I'm very excited about that as well Again, I echo you, mate. I really hope he'll come in and obviously give a bit more excitement and a fresh impetus, new ideas, and again, win the league back. But again, William, John, Robert, thanks for your time, guys, and um, stay, stay well and keep safe. Thanks, Ryan. Cheers, Ryan. Thanks. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. To fly.